Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you with just five days left of the window. We join you Monday to Friday, 9.30am. And of course, even after the window's closed, we will be continuing to bring you all of the latest Arsenal news and breaking down that information. I'm joined by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Despite it being a tough evening on a transfer front last night, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, yeah. The group chat was uh, frustrated to say the least. Chris, equally as frustrated, are we? Yeah, well, of course, you know, um, we'll, we'll go into more detail in a moment. But yeah, good morning to everyone. I hope I hope no one's um, sort of uh, down in the dumps too much, of course, after some transfer developments last night. But yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens, won't we? Might be the most PC way of putting that I've ever heard. Down in the dumps. <laughs> we down in the dumps, people. Uh, Flux says, if you don't like the video, Bruno will sign for Newcastle. So there's your uh, <laughs> there's your incentive chat box. Let's kick off with this news. Uh, Bailey, Newcastle submitted a €40 million Euro bid, supposedly, for Bruno Gmelaesh. Um <laughs> it's just a, if it's like when you feel as though things can't get too much worse uh in a window something like this crops up and uh i mean how did you feel reading that story it felt like a slap in the face really just fly over it's fly over it's in the morning and give rise to newcastle all teams in the evening i mean if he was going to go to the premier league i always expected expected it to be arsenal but it's also telling maybe we're not as interested as we as we believe because we shouldn't wait for Newcastle to make a bid for then Arsenal to suddenly make a bid. We should be proactive on that already. So I don't know what Edu is thinking. I don't know if Guimaraes is his main target. Clearly not. If he is available, 40 million euros is absolute still that Newcastle are bidding for and Arsenal should be looking to explore that. But if Arsenal aren't interested as we believe, then maybe that's why because you don't wait for a team to bid and then suddenly you get proactive. You should be proactive. You should have your plans in place without another team coming in to disrupt that or change that. Yeah, Chris, I mean, did, did you agree with Bailey? Do you think it's uh, it's kind of frustrating and a little bit maybe naive of Arsenal not to, to kind of usurp this considering our needs in the position? Uh, it would be much easier to answer that question, I think, in five days' t- time, TC, really, because there may be good reason why we haven't made a move on Bruno yet. I think... If that reason is because you know we've we've got sort of a trick up our sleeve and we're we're aiming for a, a bigger and better target, then okay, that's great. But you know, if it is because we are still pursuing and just solely focusing on a loan deal for Art or from Juventus, then that's when I'll be a little bit annoyed, to be honest. I think um, Bruno is a great option for us for for the long term. He's obviously very very talented. He's a player who Arsenal, of course, have followed for a very long time, even prior to his his Leon days when he was in Brazil. Um, and, you know, I think 
with the the price that's surrounding him at the moment. I know Newcastle's bid is is in in sort of within the thirty million bracket, isn't it? I think, um, or around that at least. So I mean, really, for a player of his quality and his potential, um, that's really cheap in this day and age. And I just think if if there's the opportunity for him to move during the season and in this winter window, then we we should be all over it. We really, really should. Um, I, I must admit, I'd be surprised. I mean, Leon might be willing to accept Newcastle's offer, of course, but then the, the players also got to be willing to accept. And I will be absolutely shocked if Bruno is willing to take this offer. I appreciate that on, on the financial side, it looks very nice to him. Of course, of course it will. But mm. I mean, he could be joining the club. that's playing championship football next season. <laughs> you know, I think it would be a big, big risk for him. And I'd be surprised, you know, he'd just sort of be up for moving to a team fighting to stay in the Premier League halfway through the season, rather than waiting for, a, with all due respect, a club, um, or a stronger side to come in who are obviously more established in the Prem in terms of you know Champions League football, European football and obviously in the top half of the, the, the table so I personally I'd be shocked and I think it's not all over for Arsenal if if they don't want it to be just yet, they've still got time Yeah, no, it absolutely is, there is time, I mean you, you're going to see deals get done in the next five days for plenty of different sides that are able to, to get deals done. So it, it does mean that Arsenal are capable of of moving for, for someone. Um, but Gimaraes looks to be a player that may not be that guy. And I mean, people do raise the good point that we've been interested in him and linked to him for some time. Uh, and if we're not going for him now, it kind of is a bit of an indication that maybe, you know, they've just not been convinced enough. I mean, I, I look at him, I watch him, I look through the metrics and he, he's a clear step up for me on, on Granite Xhaka. I mean, he ousts Thomas Partey in certain statistics. So look, I, I've struggled to kind of get my head around if we were able to kind of go in for a striker at the level of Laovic, um, there would you'd think more money be available in the summer if we're not going to be able to get in a marquee forward this this winter? Then why not look to upgrade that midfield and improve the service from the midfield to that forward line, and you know hope to add goals in that way by improving the route through to to the forwards. But uh, you know we've we've seen Arsenal do some deals in the past and not do some deals in the past, and look back and think why on earth did we not do that? Um, a deal that doesn't look like it's going to be happening, though, is Luka Jovic, Bailey, because Real Madrid supposedly have closed that door. Benzema obviously suffering with a, a bit of a knock, I think, at the moment. So his services are required far more than Martin Odegaard's were. Do you worry that this kind of the loan, the clear loan option that seemed to be there for Arsenal not being available is probably the biggest hint that we won't sign a striker this window? Yeah, for me that for me that was the nail in the coffin for me for Arsenal signing a striker. I think yesterday I said Jovic would be the perfect situation for Isaac to have an audition, so we sign him in the summer because I think that's a summer signing. I don't think we have enough time or or we'll negotiate a price down for, with Real Sociedad to get Isaac in January. So I think this is a real nail in the coffin for a striker in this window, and it's unfortunate because we've waited all month for hopefully a fresh striker to come in, and now we're just getting knockback after knockback after knockback and even yesterday with Isaac so yeah the Jovic still did worry me because now our loan option's gone hopefully some, a striker will pluck up in, from thin air and we can 
maybe negotiate a deal. You don't know what can happen towards the end of the window. Uh, might be a domino effect. One player leaves a club and then suddenly another player is available. But I think that's how we will get a striker. If we do, I think it's unlikely. But if we do get a striker, I don't think it would be either Isaac, Calvert-Lewin or David who we've been linked to. I think it would be a loan deal and a very surprising one if we do bring the striker. Yeah, Chris, do you kind of think this way? Because we've looked at the last two... I mean, you look at the summer deadline day in 2021, Tommy Asu came out of nowhere. Like It wasn't expected Arsenal were going to do anything and then suddenly Tommy Asu popped up. Um, you go back to 2020 and, of course, on deadline day, we activated Thomas Partey's release clause. That We have history of just you know activating deals, sorting deals out on the final day and the final hours of the window. We're sitting there, I'm Bailey's sitting there and I agree with him that that Jovic kind of solid no from Real Madrid for me was the biggest indication that a striker is, is simply not going to happen but there seems to always be this element of hope that we have that deadline day can throw up a surprise move yeah absolutely like you said we've seen it before haven't we and i think the pictures that have come out from the us of, of Mikhail arteta alongside owner stan Kroenke sort of given us a an extra bit of hope as well um it's hard not to of course read too much into it when you see them together it's the first time we, we have seen them together i think um and it obviously with, with the stage that we're at in the, in this transfer window it's interesting timing as well um and i'm i'm sure they would have been speaking about the last you know 6 5 days of the, of the transfer window and what we hope to do um, how much financial support we might need from the owners. I'm sure uh, Arteta has been reiterating the need for, for um, backing over the next few days because we, we know the club uh, are looking and we know the club are trying. And we I think we also know that well, it's been pretty clear from what Arteta has said in his press conferences that they, they're aware of which areas need strengthening as well. And I, I think they are. It's obviously it's been widely reported that we're looking at a central midfielder and a striker and also a goalkeeper. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's just going to be a, obviously a massive effort over the next, well, it needs to be a massive effort over the next few days to get these deals done, especially a striker. It's not going to be easy. Um, but you, I mean, you said it just then, TC, it's, it's previous moments with Tommy Asu and, and um, Thomas Party on the on the, on deadline day of activating his release clause. I mean, what a day that was, by the way. I remember that quite well. And um, you know, we we have a tendency to to just pop up out of nowhere. You know, um, we'll be silent one day, and then the next we'll actually make a move. Um, I was hoping, you know, we might do something in the style of Matty Ryan last January where he just popped up out of nowhere and we announced it. Um, <laughs> and no one even knew anything about it. That would be pretty cool. But um, I think it's it's equally important to stay realistic, isn't it? And to obviously not get too ahead of ourselves. Any, anything can happen over the next few days and going into the final days of the window. Of course it can. We've seen it before. Um, and things... Um, in the latter stages can move even quickly, even more quickly. So, uh, of course, there's there's hope still there and there's time still there for us to do something. But, you know, I, I've got the mindset of never really getting ahead of myself and getting too excited until, you know, there's solid news coming through of Arsenal making, um, you know, a, an approach for someone and talks going well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. I'm I'm still confident, Tom. I'm still confident quietly. But uh, you know, as the the, the 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 clock ticks down and the days run out, you know, that confidence um, does disappear uh, little by little. 
Oh, I'm going to let Bailey tackle this one. Uh, Vinny says, as journalists, how do you hear about potential bids and interests? All from Tom Canton. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. He deflected that perfectly. <laughs> Vinny, look, I mean, in regards to stories that come out, everyone has their sources, you know, a lot of people have contacts with, with players, agents, with people within clubs, people that they trust, that know people around the players, not even in the business, just people that know players by person that they can ask and that they've, you know, told in confidence. So it's interesting how things are heard about. Um, and fingers crossed, <laughs> we can, we're going to hear plenty in the next five days. Fingers crossed indeed. Graham Caldwell says, though, Bay, I'll ask you a fairer question. I appreciate he is young, but would you make a bid for Karim Adeyemi from Salzburg? I think he has a £33.5 million release clause and has scored in the Champions League. Could we get a Vijnaldum on loan and a Gimaraj? It's not asking for much, is Gary? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm a major, I'm a very, very big fan of Adeyemi. However, I just don't think he's he can be on Arsenal's radar of his career trajectory. I think he needs to go to a British or Dortmund Bundesliga just to get better. But by the time he does that, I know he's going to be a world beat, he's going to be a star. So by the time he does improve and get experience at Dortmund, that's when he will go to the major clubs like a Bayern Munich or or Manchester City or something like that. So I think mm. Arsenal getting him will be a really, really sticky one because I don't think he's ready yet, just yet, for the Premier League to play, to play week in, week out as a number nine. But at the same time, I think in the Bundesliga, he'll tear it up and then he'll get that necessary experience and he'll be a world beater. So I think Arsenal don't really fit in his, his career curve. So I think it's a bit of an awkward one for Adiemi, despite me being I'm such a big fan of him. And Wijnaldum, I've always said from the start of the window, Wijnaldum for me is the perfect perfect loan option I think he has Premier League experience he knows what to do in the Premier League he's also won the, get, got in the top four of Liverpool I remember in the 2016-17 season we were fighting with Liverpool he scored some crucial goals for Liverpool to get mm. them into that position so he's a goal scoring midfielder which we do need as well but I just don't know if PSG will let him go on loan it depends maybe if they get Ndombele maybe maybe, then, maybe we can get Reinald that could be an option there and You'd think that maybe Spurs would try and angle in, wouldn't you, with Van Adam yeah. if they're letting and Don Bele go that yeah, way? Yeah, true. As a swap bill, possibly, if Deli Ali does go the other way as well. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, Rahil says, Leno is in Dubai, Chris. So is the Turner deal off? <laughs> well, I don't think we can we can go too far with that one at the moment. Of course, Leno just has to carry on normal first team duties until um uh, you know a suitable offer comes through the door and i'm sure that's that's what he's doing um obviously it would appear that nothing concrete is on the table yet for him so uh you know he's just carrying on as normal and not not much else he can do I, I personally i can't see a goalkeeper such as turner coming in if leno's still here come the end of the window i, I don't think it would make a lot of sense because you know, that would leave at least one of them not really getting much game time at all. Um, mm. that, the, the whole goalkeeper situation for me, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it at the moment. I think Leno's a solid option to have. He's still a great goalkeeper. Will he be happy with his, his, his number two status at the moment? Of course not. No, but, um, you know, when he does come into the team, he gives it his all. He's still uh, a, solid, a solid shot stopper and he's a good option to have. And I think that's a, a, something that we can reevaluate come the summer. It's not really urgent right now. It's only urgent when a team puts a decent offer on the on the table for him. And then, of course, it would make sense to to digest it and, and, and evaluate it. 
before maybe going on to someone like Matt Turner. I know uh, Football London's Chris Wheatley has reported that uh, sort of Arsenal and the player, uh, Matt Turner, they've agreed things on their part. Now it's about agreeing everything with, with um, New England Revolution, which is, of course, mm. the MLS club he plays for. So looks as if it's at a, a decent stage if we do want to bring him in, but looks like we might also just be waiting to see what happens with Leno as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the reason to let Leno leave unless there is a you know a decent offer on the table. He's a solid goalkeeper, and if Ramsdale gets injured, we've got him for the rest of the season. So um, I think Turner can be a player in the summer that we bring in without too much of a problem. Um, uh, Christoph says, uh, are we looking for the right player only, or Arsenal could be forced into signing anyone? I think Arkadish Milik uh, would be a great option. Uh, and available on loan would you get him if there are no other options um from my perspective i think that arsenal are in a stage of their kind of strategy in a transfer perspective where they are being very careful about whoever they bring in and they are doing their due diligence they don't want to rush they don't want to just throw money down on someone that they don't want which probably leans into us not signing anyone in the rest of this window which has arguably a huge mistake about it. So fingers crossed, we'll, we'll see something in the next few days. There's a good question here, though. Probably my favourite question of, of any chat that we've ever, ever, ever had. Wilson says, why on earth are you so obsessed with Renato Sanchez? But this guy is injury prone. Come on, man. I'll tell you why. I will tell you why, TC and, and Wilson. <laughs> I'll tell you both why. Because he is a star star player with star potential avoiding the injuries yes he does get injured but a player can avoid injuries too he can come out of the injury prone state and if he does then he'll be one of the best midfielders Arsenal have had him and Thomas Partey in a pivot together would be beautiful it would literally be beautiful Renato Sanchez is an Aaron Ramsey regen he does get goals he does he's, a, he's one of the best pool, pool progressors sorry in Europe he's just excellent he's everything you want in the midfielder, it's just his injuries. That's the only sticking point. If he didn't have any injuries, he'd be costing around 60, 50 million. He'd be at one of the best clubs in Europe. He is a quality player. And I think it's a risk that if, we, if we're not getting Guimaraes, then Renato Sanchez would be my secondary option, to be honest. So I think it's a risk worth taking because he is a quality player. And he proved it at Portugal, 2016 European Championship. At such a young age, he carried the team. It just highlights his mentality and he does have star potential and he's a, he is a star player. And we do, I think it's, would be a great signing to bring him in as well, especially for his price as well. And he wants to join the club. We know Arteta likes players who want to join the club and he is one of those. So get him in. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, Marcus says, Bailey wants us to sign Sanchez just to see Tom's reaction. Uh, <laughs> King says, big up Wilson, CC availability is king and Renato is always out and the Premier League is very demanding. Look, if he came, I would absolutely back him. Like I would full-on back him and I would hope he succeeds because if he succeeds, it means Arsenal succeed. I just I just can't think a £30 million bid on someone who's been injured for 70-plus games at 24 is, is makes any sense. So we'll see. Um, Dan says, why on earth? <laughs> this is going to become a regular thing now. Are you so obsessed with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Tom? This guy is injury-prone. Come on, man. <laughs> He's not injury-prone. He's not injury prone. Anyway, moving forwards. Um, Asar says, uh, Tom, would you settle for the Europa Conference League? I mean, I asked both of you this, Chris. I mean, I to me, it's not even a competition. 
I, I, I just have no interest in it whatsoever. People say it's a good it's a good for like you know blooding some youngsters, giving them some opportunity. I'd rather send them on loan and get them some senior experience elsewhere every week than playing that competition. Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm 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 not really a fan of it either. I think you look we. <laughs> Of course, if we were to to finish in a position where we qualify for that, then it's it, it's something. I suppose there's not really much we can do about it, is there? And but I would be very much in in favour of playing a lot of the youngsters, giving them a chance. Um, if we to end up in that situation, but the ultimate goal, the ultimate target's got to be Champions League football. It's where this football club belongs, where it should be. Um, and uh, you know that's what we're obviously fighting for this season. Um, I think it reiterates the the point and, and the need for, for for new additions this month and some top quality additions to boost our chances of finishing in the top four. And obviously, the next big the next uh, next best thing from that is the Europa League, of course. Um, <laughs> and there's yeah. some 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 nasty memories from that, but uh, it's I, I guess it would be a step in the right direction from from where we've been over the last couple of seasons and finishing um, in eighth place uh, two seasons in a row. So I know, I mean, you've got to look at the positives, haven't you? It's obviously an indication that we're moving in the right direction or slowly, but surely, but um, Champions League is the, is the dream. And it's always got to be for this football club. Absolutely. It's, it's the, uh, it's the ultimate goal that we've got. We, I, I really struggle to look at a, and Arsenal outside of the outside the Champions League, it's hard to see because we deserve to be there. Uh, Kajabo says, would you enjoy Mika Birev getting tried as he would add different qualities to the players around if we aren't signing a striker, Bailey? What do you think about that? Yeah, I said uh, for the Burnley game when he was on the bench, I don't know why Arteta didn't try to bring him on. I think we should have. I think we've tried the Enketia 70th minute substitution. How many times and how many Premier League goals he scored this season? A grand total of zero. So try to try something different. Bring on uh, Mika Breerif to... Mike Breerif, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be slow with this one. But yeah, just bring on Breerif to see what he can do. You don't know. That's how a player's career starts. Young player's career starts. You saw Mbappe... His career started off when he was given a start against Manchester City. Didn't look back from there. Rashford coming in Europe League from Manchester United. Didn't look back there. Bring on Mika Bira for one game. Maybe he won't look back there and he could be a star striker for us in the future. You never know with these young players. So try it. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. You know, I think he'll stay. I don't think he's going to go on loan. There's plans to maybe send him out on loan, according to our colleague Chris Wheatley, next season. Um, but look, he's a six-foot-odd striker and we could have really done with someone like that in the box against Burnley when we were lobbing balls in there. So... Uh, it was frustrating not to see him given a chance, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens moving forward. Um, King says, who do we blame most if we don't sign anyone in January? The owners, the management, or Edu, Chris? Well, I, I think... Um, Edu, as I know you like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that all of those that you just mentioned, TC, as a collective, they've all got to state, uh, take responsibility for it. Um, it's pretty poor already, in my opinion, that we've got to, what, the 26th of the month and there's still no one come through the door and we've let someone like Ainsley Mate and Niles go, for example. I mean, we're speaking, I know this is, you know, we've spoken about this before and, you know, the naivety of maybe letting him go and not having anyone else lined up. But looking at the last few results and the performances of certain players and also looking back at that time when, Ainsley Maitland-Niles played against Watford, I think it was uh, in centre mid, and he got man of the match. Mm. And 
unfortunately for Sambi Lakonga, and it isn't just me trying to single him out, but he has struggled at times. Um, he has made um, some some uh, dodgy mistakes, which has, has given the opposition a, a slight advantage. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't really add up for me. Um, I appreciate we can't all of a sudden just turn around and say to Ainsley Maitland-Niles, oh, no, you've got to wait until the end of the season. Sorry, you're not you're not going to be playing much until then. Um, we know you want to, to be playing more, but, you know, we're just not in a position at the moment. I know that was probably never going to really be the case and Roma were pushing hard for him, of course. Uh, the player um, obviously wanted to go as well. But come on, let's have someone else lined up to come in. Maybe not straight away, but, you know, not... You know, I can't remember when Ainsley Maitland-Niles went, but it was in the earliest stage of the window, wasn't it? Fairly early on. I think it was so seven it's been years a, ago. Um, <laughs> it feels like it. it. feels like it, I tell you. Um, this is what I mean. It's just been so prolonged. And, you know, I appreciate going into the window, we'll have sort of plan A, plan B, plan C, and we'll have alternative targets. But we've done it with Dusan Vlajevic for so long. Seems as if we were pushing for him. It's not happening. We're now trying to push for Artur on loan, which has been happening again for about seven years, I think. And we've not really made any progress on that. Whereas Newcastle are coming in for bids such, you know, for Bruno Gomareas. They're making moves. They're doing, going for players that could easily be upgrading our team and help us achieve top four. I just want us to be a bit more, I want us to wake up a little bit because at the moment it does seem as if we're sleeping. And I know technically behind the scenes, we won't be, there'll be things happening. But I think the, the club must understand the fan frustration at the moment because Results and performances have dropped off. We're at risk of, you know, letting our chances of a top four finish slip away from us. And teams around us are actually improving in terms of, you know, trans, you know, signings and, and results and stuff. I've, I'll continue to say it uh, until the window slams shut on the, the 31st. This transfer window can make or break our season. And if Arsenal don't get a move on and quickly, then my confidence levels of us finishing the season strongly will just dip massively. Yeah, I think me and Bailey would probably agree with you on, on that as well. Um, last couple of questions. Marcus says, is Tom really working on deadline day or is he keeping it free in case Arteta calls him up for a medical as our new mystery striker? I mean, Bailey will tell you that's not the best idea. Uh, my shooting pedigree is, is not to be fair. I say oh, that, no. Bailey's ain't that great. But, you know. <laughs> but no, if you need a centre-back, Put a, put a shift in. That's what you need. Um, <laughs> let's finish the show with this question. Uh, two players to get top four. Who are you signing? We'll take two from each of us. Realistic lads. Bailey, two players to get top four. Two players, I'll say... Renato Sanchez. Oh, for goodness sake. How are the next one? <laughs> he was there, but I think that's too realistic at the moment. So I'll say Renato Sanchez and... Hopefully we can try to negotiate something with Luka Jovic. It's not, hopefully the door's not fully closed and something opens again. So I'll say Renato Sanchez and Luka Jovic. Chris? Uh, Bruno Gomarayas and Dominic Calvert-Lewin for me. Realistic? Realistic? Maybe not this month. Um, but certainly, if we, well, obviously, if we don't achieve top four this season and we're, we're, we're looking to, to achieve it next season, we maybe just... Just miss out this season, and Dominic Calvert Lewin's a great option for the summer. I mean, realistically, um, and we've seen again how realistic it is, I don't know, but we've seen it before Arsenal final day of the window, pay release clause with Thomas Party. Maybe we could see a repeat with Alexander Isaac, he'd be a great signing for you know, for this month. 
um, in terms of getting that deal done for a player of his quality, it would be it would be big for us. But um, yeah, so maybe maybe him if if not Dominic, of course. I I just I don't see us buying Bruno Guimaraes and a massive striker because of the price. If if it was that case, I'd say him and, and Isaac, but I don't think Arsenal would spend over a hundred million in the next five days. Um, so I'll say Gimaraish and Arta Cabral uh, from Basel um, as the two, because I mean he looks available for a very reasonable figure. So maybe it's something that we can pull off. But it looks like Fiorentina might get in, which is ironic if you've ever heard of a story. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. There's a 300 of you watching. If you could drop a like on the video, we really would appreciate it help us on our way to 10,000 subs now and thanks so much for helping us with the channel so far uh bailey thank you as always mate appreciate it thank you the next time on here guys hopefully we have more info on the midfielder we're signing let's pray <sighs> well do you sit to hear that i hopefully have more information on the midfielder we're signing like he's committed there he's committed to a midfielder being signed <laughs> <Good morning. laughs> where the journalists get their info from <laughs> bailey keogh that's where we get it from uh Chris, thank you so much, mate, as always. Thank you, mate. Pleasure as always, boys. Thank you to everyone watching and can't wait for Arsenal to announce Kim Kalstrom on a short-term deal on deadline day. <laughs> it's written in the stars. Gina, thank you for in the background. Uh, we will see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.